You are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 237 and 238 of Fed by Ravens. We're quite almost, okay, I was going to say literally, but it's not literal at all. But, but it is hmm. the fact that Ravens are feeding us today. <laughs> we wake up every morning just thanking God going, uh, we're not quite sure how we survive or how we live. And so we just thank God, and he continues to give us food and rest in the midst of a desert. I just wanted to share that with you. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So we're fed by ravens here. We are just simply keeping the oral tradition alive, talking about the story that God has put on us, that he's given us, and we're trying to intersect that with our lives and our stories. And when you do, it takes a long time to even (laughs) comprehend it and to even engage it. But it's totally worth it. So we're glad you're here today. You are in the midst of it. Let's get back to the continuing saga of the southern kingdom, Judah. Our Old Testament reading for today is 2 Chronicles chapter 24 through chapter 28. Woo! Uh, All right. A bit of a run to get through today. We do. So let's... Let's get through it. In fact, we're gonna we're gonna touch on one, two, three, four, five kings today. But we can do it. All of them are exciting, but all we're trying to get across today to yeah. ourselves is follow kind of the themes. Follow because mm-hmm. there's a lot of drama, and it's much better than anything Netflix is putting out. I know. I was just thinking like each one of these kings could probably have their own like Netflix miniseries. And I think still that's, not do justice. That's what's next for us. <laughs> We're going to spend the rest of our lives making the Netflix miniseries on the kings of Israel and Judah. And we will die probably after (laughs) we finish creating, I don't know, we might get to David. (laughs) But all of our hardcore, Uh, what do we call the fans of Fed by Ravens? That we need to come up with a name for the fans of Fed by Ravens. But not right now. Let it simmer unless something pops in your head right now. (laughs) No. I, I work on it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because there's some ideas, but the moment I say it out loud... <laughs> It'll be it. Yeah, it so might be it. Stop. So, so yeah. And, and Matt does carry that kind of prophetic power where <laughs> if he says something, it, you just can't get it out of your head. It's probably true, and you'll spend the next couple of years trying to disprove it until you finally surrender, only to find out Matt's already out of your life. <laughs> All right. <laughs> true story. Okay. So we are... Let's wrap up a little bit of Joash. Yeah, so we are at the beginning of Joash's reign. His hmm. mother, or grandmother, has been uh, deposed, <laughs> and... Can, can you imagine the stories Joash heard? Oh. His grandma killed everyone in his family. family. Would have killed him as a baby. Yeah. And so it's like... And he's growing up for seven years in the temple, hidden away. You know, I lived far away from my grandparents... And sometimes I thought, oh, it would been nice. I shouldn't have ever moved away. Oh, poor me. But imagine growing up going, Grandma tried to kill me, and now she's queen. <laughs> That's a T-shirt. Uh, I, I was just thinking about, um, I was, I, at first I was like, oh, man, it would probably be pretty cool growing up in the temple. But yeah. in, a time, it, in a time where the uh, leadership, the, yeah. the queen, is against you, and no one's worshiping the Lord, uh, yeah. it's probably not a great time. The priests are probably starving. 
That's true. No one's taking care no of any of the infrastructure. No one's bringing sacrifices or anything or any of the food. So it probably was a pretty rough seven years. Um, but again, it's kind of like being a king and or actually just being a human. Timing is everything. Yeah, yeah. You, just, you get born into a good king or a bad king. Yeah, so Joash uh, is basically handed the kingdom by Jehoiada, the high priest, who sets him up. Yeah. And Jehoiada kind of rules for him as he's growing up. And uh, and everything is good as long as Jehoiada is alive. Right. And Jehoiada is alive for a little bit. Uh, he actually lives till 130, which I think we mentioned last episode. But that's a pretty old age for this time period. Uh, and during all this, they're trying to repair the temple and rebuild everything that Athalia right. had destroyed. Well, I did the math, and if you look at Jehoiada, he dies at 130. He was probably, and I think Joash has like another 20 years after his death. It doesn't say that. Oh, Joash, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So Jehoiada was around during the time of Solomon. So mm-hmm. let's say he was 18, 19 years old. Yeah. So he's a young priest in the glory days, and through the last 130 year, uh, last 100 years, he's seen it all. Crumble. So let's oh say he was gosh. 30 and he lived 100 years intense. to watch Rehoboam and all this stuff. And so Jehoiada is really holding it together. And I was just thinking of a fun game to keep these kings together. Let's try and come up with like uh, a phrase or a, a if each of these kings could give the next guy a bit of advice, like a one-liner. <laughs> and so here's Joash's bit of advice. Okay. He's like, hey, uh, to the next king, Amaziah, if he said anything, he'd be like, you know what? You should really have a priest who's your partner in this. Because mm-hmm. when I had a priest, things were going well. Yeah. So what's the secret to being king, Joash? Have a priest telling you what to do. Yes. Because the moment the priest, the moment Jeho- Jehoiada dies, things go south quickly for Joash. And they go haywire. And he... Things get really bad. And... To the point that Jehoiada's son, Zechariah, is clothed with the spirit of the Lord, goes up to Joash, says, Hey, why are you breaking the commandments of the Lord that you've been raised in? You were raised in this. Well, you think Jehoiada's son is probably like a brother to Joash. Yes, You know? And so he's like, hey, bro, you've abandoned the Lord. You've gotten rid of all the things that you did for the first half of your reign. What are you doing? And so Joash... Kills Zechariah. Joash does what the first brothers do. Yes. Cain and Abel style. Yeah. He's like, hey, I don't really want to hear it. Yeah. Bonk, you're dead. And kills basically his brother. And the same thing happens to Joash, as like Cain, he essentially doesn't wander the earth, but lose everything. But he does lose everything because the next group of people, they knew Jehoiada was running the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Joash was a puppet. Mm -hmm. And so when Joash flexed his muscle on Jehoiada's son, the the followers of Jehoiada, the real followers of pe- of Jehoiada, kill him. Yes. So this is how Joash dies. Yes. Joash, though, how many years did Joash get? He got a solid forty years. Oh, did he get? 40 yeah, he years? got. I have it written down right here. He yeah, started he did. when he, he started when he was yeah. seven years old. Yeah, yeah. But he gets a solid forty years because of the flow over of the goodness of God yeah. through Jehoiada. But he dies in disgrace and gets killed by uh, basically Jehoiada's followers, which is everybody because Joash ruins everything then we get his son Amaziah 
Amaziah, who uh, he does I, what's right, kind of. I, I, yeah, kind of. I like this. He said it. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, yet not with a whole heart. Well, and and you know he's a really just guy because he kills all of his um, he kills all the enemies, the guys who killed his dad. Oh yeah, Jehoiada's followers. Yeah. He kills them, but he mm-hmm. goes, "I'm not going to kill your sons mm-hmm. because I'm going to obey the word of the Lord, which is." You don't punish the sons for the fathers, and you don't punish the fathers for the sons' sins. Mm-hmm. So he kind of starts off firm but fair, yeah. and and he kind of does what's right, but not wholeheartedly. Uh, so he goes up against... Who's he going up against? He has an army. Everybody senses... When, when Judah starts to fall apart internally, yeah. the surrounding world knows, hey, they got a lot of gold and stuff. It's time to attack. They're looking weak. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a general rule. Whenever yeah. the king dies, that's the perfect killing time. It's the perfect time to go in oh, and say, yeah. hey, it's Edom. Okay. Yeah, so uh, he's gone. Let's go get Edom back. Edom had revolted, and so he wants to get Edom back. And he hires a bunch of guys from Israel. And oh yeah, a prophet shows up and is like, hey, hey. You don't need these guys from Israel. Please don't align with Israel. God does not want you to do that. Israel's in timeout right yeah. now, and so don't include them don't, in this. We're good. We don't need them. And uh, so he's like, "What? I already paid them, and what? What am I supposed to do with the money I gave them?" That's and, so classic. And the prophet's like, uh, "The Lord will pay you back. Don't worry about it." I mean, if you've parented or been a child in your life, which I think all of us have, mm-hmm. I know I have, you buy something, your parents are like, "No, you're not keeping that." But mm-hmm. I used my money. I can't return it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> so, but there's bigger consequences for sweet Amaziah. Well, so he does. He sends them back. Those guys actually do go off and like do some minor raiding because they're so upset. Minor? Well, Dude, no. They, well, okay. So, I'll let you talk comparatively to the victory he has in Edom, the victory that he has in Edom outweighs the setback that he has with these guys. Yes. Uh, yes, I agree. So, he has this major victory in Edom. Uh, God totally gives him this victory. They get the Edomites back underneath their control. And the thing he does is he begins to set up the idols of the Edomite gods and worships them. After just destroying the Edomites, he's like, you know what? I think I'm going to worship your gods, the gods that were unable to save you from my God. It's so funny. And, and at first you read it and you go, why would he do that? Your God just gave you victory over their God, so their gods are powerless. But we do this all the time. Yeah. It's, it's the whole pride thing of when things are going well, you need God. When things are going poorly, you need God so badly. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, just give me the new car. Yeah. Then you get the car and you're like, the air doesn't work. I hate this car. And all of a sudden you're worshiping the idols of the people around you, which mm-hmm. is just stuff. And so he gets lured into this pride and into worshiping the false gods that he defeated. And then, even more than that, his problem was, if I'm remembering correctly, he gets kind of cocky with Israel. Yeah, so now he just had this great victory. He's worshiping their gods. A prophet tries to rebuke him, but he's like, stop talking or I'm going to have to kill you. And so the prophet's like, okay. But uh, then he's like, I'm feeling good about myself. Let's take on. I'm gonna reunite the kingdoms, yeah. but with force. So he's well. Doing he's the also old... he's also upset because when he sent those guys back that he paid oh, for, yes, they did kill three thousand. Yes, I mean three thousand is not a small number, no, and no, they no. took much spoil, as yes. the scriptures say. So he's a little upset, and he's feeling strong, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna bring you back 
whether you like it or not, because I'm mm-hmm. the guy in charge right now. God's with me. Yeah, so the king of Israel is like gives this great little parable, which we had mentioned in our king's passage. Yeah, yeah we don't But he's that. like, hey, buddy, I know you're... I know you're feeling like you got your big boy pants on. Yeah, exactly. That's what he says. But uh, that's the Hebrew. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, the Hebrew is which means I know you think you have your big boy pants on now, <laughs> but you're about to soil them. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. Yes, you do not know what you're doing. And as a result, Israel they go to war, and Israel trounces them, and even destroys a bunch of Jerusalem. Like they get into the heart of Judah, and uh, raid Jerusalem. And so then Amaziah is kind of in shame and the people rise up against Amaziah because they're like, what, you have brought this upon us, man. This is not cool. And so they chase him around until they finally kill him and uh, then they set up his son to well, be like, cool. Yeah, they chase him to Lachish and they kill him. So he, Amaziah dies as a, a fugitive basically yes. from his own people. Yes. And I think his little bit of advice, his T-shirt to the next guy, would be something along the lines of, uh, hey, when, if you're going to be a successful king here, just like try to mind your own business. <laughs> Don't yeah. get involved. Yeah. Don't try to save the world. Revenge belongs to the Lord. Yeah, and don't worship. When you take something over, don't worship it. So again, it's a pride thing for Amaziah, mm-hmm. which the chronicler is trying to show us. Yes. Like This is the fatal flaw with humanity. The moment we get success, we do not know how to handle and success. We need a king who can. Yes. So maybe the next guy is going to be that king. Let's see. Uzziah. And oh. Uzziah starts off like Dude. really sweet. Um, he does what's right in the Lord's eyes. He does not worship the gods that uh, Amaziah worshipped. He has major military victories. Oh, but he has something in common with uh, Joash. He hears Joash. He has. He's under the the tutelage of a priest, Zechariah. Yes, he is. And I do want to say, Amaziah ruled for 29 years, even as a bad guy. Now Uzziah is going to rule for 52 years. But he starts off under the tutelage of a priest, and Mm -hmm. so he's like doing well. So when it's teamed up, you're starting to see when king and priests are on the same page, it's just more, uh, there's more of a chance for success. And success in the kingdom of God is trusting God. Yeah, and so... For me, the thing that kind of stands out for Isaiah, the, the phrase is, uh, and his fame spread far, for he was marvelous, marvelously helped. Yes, he was. He, um, he actually... Till he, he was strong. Well, he made Jerusalem great again. Yeah. And um, <laughs> there's a great little verse in here. And if you, if you don't have um, access to notes or the, the original languages, it's kind of funny. It says, he created all these things. I mean, he was doing all these great things internally within the state right so mm-hmm. like re- restoring everything but he made engines Did yeah you see he that? made catapults i know stuff. it's catapults but if you're just reading that in english and yeah. you're like i take the bible literally um you would be confused like he didn't make mopeds or yeah. little tanks no he made like uh, catapults catapults which and was giant like, uh crossbow yeah which things. is so cool yeah. to think about like he's throwing pianos and stuff off the castle wall or cows and giant bunnies. I just watched Holy Grail again. Okay, it's pretty funny. I wondered. Um, uh, so he's doing great, but guess what? His pride is so unique. It's, it is a different type of pride for Uzziah. It's not your typical, I got all this power and I'm going to go up against, try to conquer the world and my own strength. Or He does something that's more spiritual than any of them. And it's, 
and it can be a little confusing because okay, yes. so he's he's raised by he is being taught by a priest. He's with God. God is clearly with him. Yeah. Things are going really well. He's really well established. He's rebuilt everything that's been destroyed. We got the job. And yeah, he's doing it. And then he decides, I want to act as a priest acts. I want to be a priest, Daddy. Yes. And so he goes into the temple, takes the censer. Like, basically, he's burning incense and altar. He's behaving as a priest, which is explicit in the Word of God. God says, look, not anyone can just be a priest. You need to right. be... It's not, it's not about man and woman. It's not even about Israel, Jewish or not Jewish. It's about being the tribe of Aaron, like Levite, and within the Levite tribe, from Aaron. It's a very specific and choice of God. Even if you are... Of Aaron, as Aaron's two sons found out, yes, you have to do the incense in a particular way. There's Strange a God, fire. God was very uh, clear about yeah. what he wanted, and explicit. so so if you recall, this is uh, Aaron's two sons died for uh, misusing the incense. Strange fire, and then Korah. Yep. He wanted to do the same thing. And he was an actual Levite. He was a Levite. He was not of the tribe of Aaron. And right. so they all had, he and all his followers had incense burning, and the fire of the Lord consumed them. And didn't he open up the earth too and swallow Oh, uh, that him? was for... Miriam. All right. That was, no, no, no. That was for the two, the Reubenites who were in charge of that. Uh, so, but Korah That's and all those, all his guys got burned up by fire. And so now Uzziah... Apparently not familiar with these stories, goes up and decides I can do the thing that a priest does. Right. And it, I don't even think it's he may have been familiar or not. I think again this is a different angle of pride. And so for those of us who have been Christians for a long time, we can. This is a, just another angle of it. We're not offering our sons to Molech. Mm -hmm. We're not setting up idols. We're not uh, getting into fights arrogantly. So we feel good about ourselves, and we start to feel like. We are super holy, mm -hmm. and our holiness depends on us, yeah. and then we tell God how it is. And so in this case, he uh, is not listening to God with one of the more intimate things, yeah, worship. And, and so he goes in, burns incense. The priests rush in after him and like telling him, stop, stop. And he's just getting angry with them. And as he's getting angry with them, leprosy sprouts from his forehead. Dude, did you connect this? You're not going to hear this on any other oh, Bible podcast. I okay. know. This came to me uh, after I read this. I was praying, just talking to God about stuff, and then it just dropped into my brain. Like, <gasps> Because one of the things I pray personally yes. is um, when I pray, uh, it's part of the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be your name. Mm -hmm. I repent of my pride, yes. and I receive the humility of Christ. Mm -hmm. And I remember earlier in the Bible where yes. it talks about the priest wear the turban, where it says, holy to the Lord. It's a plaque. On their, their forehead. forehead. Boom. Drop the mic. Wow. Yeah, so Uzziah gets, instead of the plaque, which says you are set apart. See, in Jesus Christ, we are set apart mm -hmm. now, the priesthood of believers. So I can actually receive, God, you actually are making me wholly set mm -hmm. apart to you to meet God anywhere. Uzziah is not at that point yet because Christ hasn't come. And so he illegitimately does this and gets leprosy, the thing that separates you from the temple mm -hmm. worship, from your own community, to the point where this guy who was good yeah. has to live in a different house. I yeah. can't even be buried with the other kings because he's a leper. Yeah. It seems unfair to us, right? Because he was generally 
a good dude. Yeah. So, but we cannot, it's just like, uh, you're generally a good dude. That's awesome. But if you're going into the things mm-hmm. of the Lord, there's a different standard. You got to mm-hmm. know the Lord. And if you misrepresent the Lord, you have to answer for that. And that's what the, that's why so, it's tough, man. In our positions, we got to be, we got to be kind of careful with that. So Uzziah's trucker hat is uh, stay away from the strange fire. <laughs> oh, that's perfect, man. <laughs> I didn't know. I know you've been feeling under the weather, and I thought the drugs may not, it might hinder your creativity. But I like that Uzziah's, he doesn't have a T-shirt, or his saying is just on a hat, because yeah. you have to read it from far away. And his hat is covering it up is the leprosy. Covering so up you the can, because to get people to get close enough, he has to put on a hat, because yeah. you'll see the white, leprous skin on his forehead and it says what stay away from the strange fire don't mess with the strange fire so that's how Uzziah after um, after 52 years he finally dies but then his son does that yes so Jotham not a lot about Jotham because he does some good stuff but the one thing that you gotta remember about Jotham is he doesn't go near the temple he's He's like like, my dad died that way I'm not messing with it yeah and so he still follows the Lord and everything he just understands that is not where my places, and so it very clearly is he followed everything that Uzziah had done, except he did not enter the temple of the Lord. Right, he's like, I'm and, good. And <laughs> so Jotham does some good stuff, he's in yeah. coordination with the priests. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think by the end of his life, he, he rules 16 years, and he says basically, um, the one thing I learned from my dad, I'll pass on to you, Ahaz, is you better check yourself before you wreck, wreck yourself. yourself. That's it. So is there anything else about Jotham that's of importance? He kind of trusted the Lord. He knew his place. Well, I would say Ahaz might have taken what he, what Jotham, his dad, yeah. had his rule of staying away from the temple and took it to the extreme. Yeah. The temple's bad. The temple is bad. <clears throat> Ahaz, man. So I, I do wonder about that. Now I'm connecting yeah. this, these stories. And so, you know, Ahaz was probably around... When Uzziah yeah. was alive, his grandson. And That's so, what's so fun about this, is like thinking about it honestly. Yeah. Like what your parents do matters. And so, and you know, like sometimes you're more likely to rebel against your parents oh, and end up acting a little more like your grandparents. That's what I think, right. Um, it's usually what happens. And so A has... Reaction? Overreaction. Probably overreacts. And uh, he... He just immediately jumps into the deep end, and he's going after every other god except for the Lord. When you start connecting these kings and not just taking them in isolation and going, why was he bad? Um, You put them in reality in the complicated nature Mm -hmm. of family, and you do have, okay, so Ahaz, his dad rules for 16 years, Mm -hmm. and it's like, eh. And so you start to go, what's the point? God gave my grandpa leprosy. I don't think, what's the point? Yeah. Let's get with the program. The rest of the world is doing this, and they're powerful. So he introduces idol worship. He burns his own son. He offers his son up to Molech. Mm-hmm. Why not? you got to be safe. Mm-hmm. He's doing all these things. And then, therefore, as a result of this behavior, God says, okay, I'm going to use Syria to punish you. So in one day, all the mighty men, all the mighty oh, men were yeah. killed. Syria and Israel are um, defeating you, they're ransacking you, they're taking 200,000 of your relatives, wives, daughters, and the prophet shows up. He has to. Sh- it's so bad, the prophet has to show up to Israel. To Israel. And say, hey, you guys are in bad shape, but you can't take 
people from Judah and make them slaves. Because right. that's what was happening. So under mm-hmm. Ahaz, his people became slaves to Israel. Mm-hmm. And the prophet had to go to Israel and go, send them back. We don't make our own people slaves. And evil Israel was like, oh man, we are in trouble and we're in bad shape with the Lord. Let's not make it even worse. So they sent back. They sent they, Judah back. They They're sent like, him back. Okay, here's all your stuff and uh, go back to your cities. We're, we're cool. And um, so then King Ahaz is like worked up about that. So right. he wants to get revenge on them. So he sends word and tries to make an alliance with Assyria, right. who's now a, a growing power at this point. And Assyria then uses this alliance to get into Jerusalem yes. and betray Ahaz and make him a vassal of Assyria. Yeah, so Ahaz is being betrayed every which way, but yes. loose. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, I kind of get it. At the end of the day, Pride. I mean, that's today is sponsored by Pride. What would Ahaz say? To well, no, no. Time? So Ahaz, I, I just want his his response to all of this is he continues to double down on idolatry, yeah. and he bars the temple doors shut, nails them shut, cuts to pieces all the <laughs> altars, everything that was dedicated over to the Lord. He ransacks the temple, burns it all, gets rid of it all, closes it, like makes it illegal for anyone to go in, right. and is like totally committed to all these other gods. Dude. And keeps adding... To them. I think we do this in a personal way. We shut down all the ways. We put God in this weird little box and we make him the enemy that he doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know. We lock the doors. Meanwhile, we're, I think I think Ahaz is no doubt trying to do everything he can to help his country. Yeah. So like when he looks at himself in a mirror, if they even had those back then, um, they do. He's saying, I'm trying to do everything for this country and this mm-hmm. country's falling apart. Mm-hmm. I got to do more. And so... But in reality, he's rejecting God. He's killing his own children. He's single-handedly decimating his own capital city. Yes. Which is what we do when we betray ourselves and shut God out of our lives. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, we are not victims. It's a proud behavior. It's a behavior that says, I will fix this. I will do it. You can kind of help God, but you're choosing not to. Mm-hmm. And so I'm moving on. Mm-hmm. And we think that's going to help. At the end of it, so we got... Uh, so Ahaz, I think, would say, the only thing I feel like Ahaz really learned would be like, hey, don't trust the Israelites, man. Or don't trust Assyria. Don't trust, <laughs> oh, he'd be, his little, he would have a, like a wristband that says, trust no one. Yeah, yeah. he's handing those out. Yes. Hey, guys, free gift for uh, still living in Jerusalem. Yeah. Don't trust anyone. All right, bye. <laughs> I'm going to take off in my uh, royal helicopter. Thanks to Uzziah. It's really just a catapult. <laughs> Uh, I'm out of here. I'm out. So, uh, pride, man. It's a heck of a drug. (laughs) (laughs) All right, kids, stay away from the pride. Well, the good news is, we're going to the good news. What we see in the Old Testament is you see two kingdoms, the kingdom of earth and the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. There's law where it's like the law always demands. The law in my yard is I just weeded this beautiful bed of flowers I have and I have to weed it again. It's the law. It just keeps coming at you and demanding more and more and more. Whereas the gospel gives. And so thank God for Jesus Christ who is our king, who's the perfect king. He's the perfect priest. He's the perfect prophet. So thank God for that. Climb in. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
Our New Testament reading for today is 1 Corinthians chapter 16, five, verses 5 through 24, and 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. New book! New book time! All right. I was going to get into the next thing too soon. You're right. You were right to um, direct me into playing you in. Thank you for that. Yeah. To wrap up 1 Corinthians, where we remember this was in response to some letters, and I think it was Chloe who busted oh, yeah. busted the, all the divisions and was like, Paul, Sweet Chloe. Some, you shouldn't be encouraged by the churches at Corinth right now because <laughs> there's a lot of divisions. And so Paul has to come at them in 1 Corinthians with a lot of law saying, hey, no-brainers here, guys. We mm-hmm. believe in the resurrection. No-brainers. We believe in the unity of the body and the members and love and all these great things. And then he finishes it as, as, a, as a loving father always finishes uh, after spanking his child. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know daddy loves you, right? Right. This is for your good. Mm-hmm. It hurts me more than it hurts you. Well, how come I hurt right now? Yeah. Don't worry about that. All right. So 16.5 through the end. He's talking about his plans for traveling, and I hope to meet you again. I can't remember if there's anything besides his uh, just kind of longing to be with them and um, and yeah. setting up the guys who are coming next. He's like, yeah. hey, I'm going to send to you like Timothy and Apollos, and I want you to treat these guys right. So I think his final instruction is really good uh, in verse 12. Yeah, uh, it is. Oh, not verse 12, verse 13, sorry. Uh, yeah. It looked like 12 to me, too. Weird. Weird. Okay. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. And that basically is like his, like, stop acting like children, grow up, and do everything with love. Right. First Corinthians. Or as uh, Admiral Adama says on Battlestar. Wow. Okay. Get yourself together. <laughs> Pull yourself together. Uh, that's great coming from I'm going to spool up the FTLs. <laughs> We're going to jump again. Okay. This old ship can't handle it. Wow. Pull yourself together. Stand firm. Act like a man. Be strong. But do this in love. I, I know, you, never, you can tell the audience how, what a miracle this is. <laughs> this has been 15 years in the making. <laughs> so true. Um, I... Fascinating. Anyways, I, I Matt's so proud say. of me right now because I've hated sci-fi my whole life, but until I realized I could watch these shows while jogging on a treadmill, <laughs> I have in the last year watched Doctor Who. I've watched Battlestar Galactica. It's amazing, yes. and it's all sinking in. Huh. So huh. he ends the letter and he says, uh, "I'm going to see you soon. May my love be with you all." Oh, he just ends with the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Then we get to a follow-up letter, 2 Corinthians, which this is uh, much more, you're going to see as we yeah. go, it's, it's intended to bring the gospel. Like, I had to bring mm-hmm. law to you guys because you got to wake up. You're mm-hmm. destroying yourselves. But here's the gospel, and I think that's why, um, well, it's really cool. In, in just chapter 1, if you were to read it, I read it like two or three times, and I had to go back and count because I stopped in the first couple verses. He says comfort two or three times. And you can see in my notes, I put, he says comfort two times. And then I cross it out. He says comfort five times. <laughs> then I cross it out and I'm like, okay, finish reading. He says comfort nine times in these first one through seven. So in the first seven verses, he's like, 
I want all the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction mm-hmm. with comfort, which we ourselves are comforted by God, as we share abundantly in his suffering. So anyway, as we share abundantly in his comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, <laughs> which you experience and patiently endure, and you think that's over. And then he ends again with, Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. So what do you think Paul's trying to say here, man? Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) Really? (laughs) (laughs) I am not comforted by your listening (laughs) skills at the moment. Uh, So I think, because 1 and 2 Corinthians seem to be written in about the same year. Right. Uh, They're almost right after each other and so he wrote the first one and it was very uh harsh and just kind of like trying to be real with him you know, yeah. a loving rebuke yeah it's like here's the deal and so apparently his res- the response he received from them was uh very comforting was very right. good and he's like oh they're hearing me someone's hearing me okay awesome and so now he's writing the second letter to be like Okay, cool. Now that you guys are understanding what I had to say, and I had to say the hard stuff, now I just want you to know that I do love you, and so now I'm going to write about how proud I am of you, and that really all of this is, this is all motivated from love. And that's the genius of the gospel, Mm -hmm. is that it is always preceded by law or the need for repentance. You can't receive comfort until you've repented. Right. And, uh, and so that's what's so genius. So Paul is able, because see, I think as Christians, we want to bring everything at once. So I want you to know what you did wrong, but then I just want to tell you the gospel. Right. But you can't hear the gospel until you've understood, like, you just, you can't be healed until you admit that your arm's broken and mm-hmm. you put it in a cast. Mm-hmm. And now you can be comforted with the healing process. Yes. And so I just can't think of a greater word for any day, especially, you know, I mean, we're, it doesn't matter when we're recording this, it's Wednesday, right? But hump day, just be comforted mm-hmm. that you've surrendered, you've held your hands up and you said, hey, I'm yours, God. Now you receive comfort. Um, verse nine, though, I think perfectly goes with all of our kings. This is the phrase that Paul would give <clears throat> our list of kings today. Yeah. He would say, Um, Well, leading up to it, he goes, Indeed, we have felt that we have received the sentence of death. And now, this is Paul talking as an apostle, Mm -hmm. and to them, saying, Look, I know it feels like you've received a sentence of death. It feels like you've been kicked out. Yeah. And even Christianity is not super popular right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I know there's great ribs going on at the Coliseum right now, but um, I don't know if those are all uh, like pork ribs. Anyway. That was a, I get a, a killing Christians joke. <laughs> Not so popular ever, so I should stray away from those. But he says, um, I was even thinking of the kings, though. Yeah. Like We feel like they've received a sentence of death. Like, I have to lead these people, and I'm mm-hmm. surrounded by my enemies. We feel like we're under a sentence of death. Like, I'm supposed to, I can't fix my relationship. I can't fix people. I can't fix my work. Uh, uh. And then Paul says the greatest thing, all of these things that we're experiencing was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. I mean, that is, that's the answer. So he, yes. the, the, the law is, today is sponsored by 
the law, pride. But today is uh, leaving you with the gift of comfort because we are the people who do not rely on ourselves, Mm -hmm. but look to the God who raises the dead. And then he finishes it off with um, doing something we do in prayer, which is he remembers what God did in the past, he sees what God's doing now, and he puts his hope in what God's doing in the future. He delivered us from such deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us. You must also help us by prayer. Prayer. The most powerful thing we have on this earth, Mm. the most powerful thing on the planet is repentance. That's where you receive comfort. Then you give thanks and you pray for one another. That is comforting. Be comforted today. Even if you're coming off uh, some bad decisions and uh, you're going, I think I've been proud. That's okay. Repent and be comforted. Christ died for the proud, of which I am the chief. Our psalm for today is Psalm 102, verses 18 through 28. Let this be recorded for a generation to come so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord, that he looked down from his holy height. From heaven the Lord looked at the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners, to set free those who were doomed to die, that they may declare in Zion the name of the Lord, and in Jerusalem his praise, when peoples gather together and kingdoms to worship the Lord. He has broken my strength in mid-course, he has shortened my days, O my God, I say, take me not away in the midst of my days, you whose years endure throughout all generations. Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe, and they will pass away. But you are the same, and your years have no end. The children of your servants shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be established before you. Boom. You've just been fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We will talk to you next time.